0: Galatians chapter 5 this morning. Chapter 5, without reading all of it, let's look at this fruit. It says in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. What's it say in your Bible? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. So you see that there is a fruit. And this, this word goodness, and, and this is what I want you to see today. And, and I think I shared this and stressed this last week. Goodness is a, a characteristic or quality of your heavenly Father and my heavenly Father. Well, you just think people, well, they're good. Abe, you're a good singer. You're a good dad. You're good at this. You're good at that. You're a good radio DJ. But the aspect that I want you to see about goodness, it means doing good. Say doing good. Yeah, you can be good at something. You know, and people say, oh, this is good, that is good, and it's a term we throw around a lot. But I want you to see it's... it's, The aspect of doing good, okay, that is important. It means goodness in the sense of being good to someone. This word describes a person who's generous, big-hearted, liberal, charitable with his finances. Clayton was good. He was a good man. He did good. God wants us to use our resources to help those who are in need. Now, look at Acts Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I could quote it, but I want you to see it. This is in reference to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It says in verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. See, if you and I, do we have have the Holy Spirit? Do we have power? Well, why do we have the Holy Spirit? And why do you and I have power? It says, Jesus went about what? Doing good. We need the Spirit of God. And we need the power. Why? So we can do good. So we can go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. See, God is just as interested in helping the poor as he is in healing a body or delivering someone from demonic possession. And those things are good, and thank God for healing, and thank God for the power that's in the anointing of God to deliver people. But I want you to see, our Heavenly Father is interested in you and I doing good. Now, Mike Keys, Apostle Mike, has done a lot of good to the body of Christ. And you know ministers and you know people and you know organizations that are doing good in this hour and that's wonderful. But I want this I want this to be ingrained into you that you as a member of the body of Christ, you as a child of almighty God, you have an obligation. You have a responsibility every day to do good. Wherever you go, just like Jesus, you and I need to do good. Doing good implies a benefactor, a philanthropist, one who supports charitable works, or a person who uses his financial resources to meet the needs of disadvantaged people. This word was used only to portray the provision of food, clothes, or some other commodity to meet a physical or material need. This was a big part of the ministry of Jesus. See, we think about Jesus when he walked the earth, he went about doing good. But we think about how he multiplied the loaves and the fishes, how he miraculously healed people and delivered people, don't we? But we don't realize the man or the son of God, the son of man, had money. He did. He had had to have money because he had a treasurer whose name was Judas who used to steal from that purse. Amen? So Jesus had money and he used that money to help the poor. So this was a big part of the ministry of Jesus Christ and this should be a big part of his body, the church. So we... You individually and corporately at Harvest Church, we should use our resources to do good. That's why, you know, I I don't know, it'd be interesting to go back and I won't have Kathy do this because this would be overwhelming. But how much, how many dollars do you think in all the years that we've been here, and we've been here a long time, have we sowed into missions? Thousands upon thousands. Huh? Probably close to half a million dollars. Given to missions. Well, we're just a small church. You know, I used to think because we were a small church, we couldn't do you know, we couldn't do big things. Oh, so we can and we are and we will. Together. That's right. It takes all of us doing our part. Amen. I, I got amused with Brad. I, you know, <laughs> you think, well, the tithe that just goes to the preacher. Yeah, right. Portion of it does, but if you know me, I work on the side. And you know, I told Pastor Brad. I told him in the days ahead, when he's a young minister and he has the church, I said, don't be afraid to work on the side. You got to keep a balance to it. But I, this has never been my source. This income from my, my salary has never been my source. You're not my source. He's my source. And because I'm willing to work, and I've said this, in a, I, probably, I haven't said this in a long time, and maybe it's because we're a small church. That's why we're not a big church right now, but I've always said, listen, if you don't want to work, you don't want to go to church here. I've said that. How, have you heard me say that before? I have. I've said, if you don't want to work, and hold down a job and contribute to the church and the needs of the church and your own family, then this isn't your church. <laughs> you think that went over big? You yeah. know? No. But you're here. Why? Because you what? Work. God expects us to work. He expects you and I to be good stewards of what we have. Amen. All right. Look at Hebrews thirteen. Hebrews chapter 13. We want to go on because I want, to, I want to give you some scriptures. I'll probably read some of them from the, the message translation or the Amplified Bible. Because I want you to see that doing good was a big part of the early church. And it should be a big part of the church in the latter days. Even all that's, that's going on, threats of, of the, you know, your exemption status being removed, it'll be interesting. You know, a lot of people give because it's it, on their taxes it can be, <laughs> right? What would happen if that wasn't uh, a blessing in the days ahead where, you know, you couldn't take it off of your taxes? we'd find out really who people who if people really gave out of the goodness of their heart or did you just do it because it was a tax break amen Hebrews 13 and look at verse 16 these are uh, concluding directions that Paul was giving and in, in in 16 or Luke, I should say. Uh, There's different people that they say that wrote Hebrews, but I want you to see in verse 16, it says, but do not forget. Now, listen, do not forget to what? To do good. And to what? Share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I want to read that again to you. The Amplified, listen to Amplified. Amplified. It says, do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good, to be generous and distribute and contribute to the needy of the church as an embodiment and proof of fellowship for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good, to be generous and distribute distribute and contribute to the needy of the church, As embodiment and proof of fellowship for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So, you people, and me included, we should not neglect or forget to do good. Now, I want this is an assignment. You have two weeks. I'm going to ask you in the next two week period, young and old alike, I want you to think. Of a way that you can do good. Now you're listening. I don't want you to do good to another believer in Christ. I want you to think of a way that you could be do good to a sinner. Somebody you work with. Somebody you cross paths with every day. I mean I know people at Casey's. Why? because I'm there a lot, doing good, buying donuts and eating them. That's doing good. I'm at, I'm at, I go through the drive-through at McDonald's almost every day to get my senior coffee. And I, I know those people, and they know me. They hear my voice. They know this shepherd's voice. It's that idiot again. comes every morning wants his senior coffee. So you're going to cross the paths of people. In the next two weeks, I want you to really think and work on. And kids, you go to school. You, I know you kids, you go to school with, they're not all Christians. But do something good. Will you do that? Think about it. Now, listen, pray about it. Ask the Father, Holy Spirit, who can I do good to today? Who can I do good? I've got, you've got two weeks. And you can do good every day, but I'm just asking because in two weeks' time, when I stand up here in two weeks, I'm going to ask you, who'd you do good to? What kind of person? Sinner. An unbeliever. Somebody that, you know, doesn't know Jesus, might not want to know Jesus, but you're going to do it, right? Because you're obedient sheep. Amen, amen. Now, in the the margin of my Bible under this scripture, it says, As priests of God, believers offer the sacrifices of praise to God and loving service to others. So you and I in the eyes of the Father are priests and kings. And the duty uh, uh, of a priest is service to others. That's one of your priestly duties is doing good and serving. When you serve in the helps ministry, you're doing good. You're serving the church. Amen. I, I you know, for years, I, I just got some pet peeves. I don't like weeds. And I don't like when they take over. And uh, Nate, bless his heart, he's, he's done such a wonderful job this summer keeping down the weeds with all the rain, you know. And, and he's doing good. And, and and he knows me because I get that Clint Eastwood twitch if I see a lot of weeds. So he's out here spraying these weeds because he knows pastor doesn't like him picking up trash. These That's important. It's important. So the Message Bible says it this way. Make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working for the common good. Share what you have with others, God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice, now listen, <clears throat> that takes place in kitchen and workplace and on the streets. <laughs> I like that. That just, that says it. So in the next two weeks, God's interested in your, your praise your spiritual sacrifices, but he's also interested in what you do in the natural, what I do in the natural, how you treat people, how you respond to people, how you are good to people. Amen. That's that's so important. Look at Romans 12. Romans 12. You know, I, I really uh, know that, you know, I know shepherds are supposed to lead the sheep and you know, shepherds need to know where they're going, but I'm telling you something right now. I've preached a lot of series, but this is one series I know that where the Spirit of God wants us to be. Long enough till you get to the point that you realize God is good. And he's good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. But God is good to the sinner. It rains on the just and the unjust. So watch in the days, weeks, and months ahead how you respond to the sinner and how you are and how you deal with them. in, in Romans 12, <clears throat> now I realize this is the early church. In verse 9, it says, uh, let's look at verse 9 through 13. It says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is Good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Look at verse 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Now, yeah, I realize that They're, the early church was taking care of the early church, and we need to take care of each other. Given to what? hospitality and it says here hospitality is the fruit of a transformed spirit-filled life it is showing an interest in others and giving ourselves to loving and supporting them even as god does us so god supports you and i the father supports you and i he blesses you and i you know i one of the and you've heard me tell this story but it's the goodness of God. And when Kathy and I met a long time ago, um, we had a short courtship, and uh, we got married. And we were going to—we got a U-Haul, and we were going to pull. I pulled a love truck. See, I was into love way back then in the '70s. Remember those little love trucks, Dean? Oh, those—those those, was Japanese or whatever Mitsubishi engines, or they were—it was a good truck. And we were going to pull that truck behind this U-Haul, and she was going to drive her car all the way to Tulsa. But we went to my hometown, and there was only one place, and guess what? There was no um, hitch to tow it. It needed a special, I don't know, special kind. And the place didn't have it, and he says, I'm sorry, I don't have it. We got time was running down where we had to leave, And I'll never forget this because this is the blessing of the Lord. Somebody just happened to drive into my hometown with that hitch. And then the man friend of our family came and put that hitch on so we could pull that pickup. That's just maybe that isn't a big thing to you. But back then. That showed me how my father was going to take care of me. My family. And you know what? He's never let me down. A lot of times, you're not early enough for me. It could happen sooner, but usually it's later. Why? Because from sooner to later, we develop our faith and our trust in God. But he's never let me down, and I've never forgotten that. And and I want you to rehearse and look back in your, your early years as a Christian, as a believer, and to remember God's goodness to you. We all have stories. And and so rehearse that. Think about it, how God has been good to you and your family. Yeah, you go through trials. You go through things in your life. You go through tests. But God is still God. He's faithful. I'll read it to you from Philippians 2, 4 in the message, so you don't need to turn there. Put yourself aside... And help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Boy, I like that. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. You know anybody like that? Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Look at Acts chapter 4. We're almost done. Scriptures, there's all kinds of scriptures that teach us about God's love and how he takes care of his people and then how we, the church, should take care of each other and even the sinner. In Acts chapter 4, look there, and I'm going to look it up too in in the Amplified translation. Puts it in a little different perspective, I think. Look at Acts 4 and look at verse 32. Early church was under persecution at this time and a lot of things going on in verse 32. And it says, And the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, let me ask you this. Why do you think there was such a demonstration of great power for the apostles to give witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? I believe a lot of it hinges upon verse 32. And the multitude of those who believed were of what? One heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Well, we pray and we pray and we ask God for him to demonstrate power. But see, God's waiting for his people and his body to come together in unity, to forget about them, their, their own selfish needs. And to open the door to others to share. And what that does, it releases God to do some things. So I think the church in these last days, before we see mighty demonstrations of power and the gifts of the Spirit and and miracles and healings, I really believe that we're going to see a church coming together in unity. Getting them, their eyes off of themselves because the, the word tells us in the last days men will be lovers of themselves. So in the last days if people are like that then we got to go to the other extreme again and start giving, start sowing. Amen. Amen. That's true. So important. In the the Message Bible, it says the whole congregation of believers was united as one. One heart, one mind. They didn't even claim ownership of their own possessions. No one said, that's mine, you can't have it. Sounds like a little child on the playground. They shared everything. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and grace was upon all of them. And so it turned out that not a person among them was needy. Those who owned fields or houses sold them and brought the price of the sale to the apostles and made an offering of it, and the apostles then distributed it according to the person's need. Second Corinthians nine verse seven says this, and the amplified, "God loves and he takes pleasure in and prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous. now listen. Uh, This is why I give you the amplified translation. Prompt to do it, giver, whose heart is in his giving. Prompt to do it, giver. I want you to be a prompt to do it, giver. My My kids make fun of me. My boys they say, yeah, just give it away, Dad. Just give it away. Just give it away. Give everything away. Yeah. And it's a good thing I have my wife because I would. And there's a balance. But my nature is give it away. Why? Because you give it away, it'll come back. You hold on too tight and you'll experience lack. Give it away. Be generous. We had the the we had to switch from direct tv to dish you got to go back and forth otherwise you understand what i'm saying you know so they send this this wonderful guy his name was frank to change the dish great guy and it's nice guy and i i was a little perturbed because she wanted me to stay while he was there that morning and i didn't want to be there and i just wanted to get on other things abe but i stayed and and i i said uh Would you hook up our Nebraska antenna while you're here? Well, sure he is. Sure he would. Well, I slipped him a $10 bill. Now, would I have had to do that? No. Let me say something right now, and I believe it's the Spirit of God, and you you might laugh at me. You don't leave a tip for a waiter or a waitress, shame on you. Now, listen, if they're not a good waiter or waitress, understand that. But if they wait on you, how many have ever waited tables before? Yeah, Bea and I are smiling. Do you appreciate it? Yeah. But if you're stingy and tight, well, I've got to give my tithe to pastor so his family won't starve so I can't give a tip today. And you know what just irks me? I don't know if it irks my wife, but it irks me. These people, instead of leaving a tip, they'll leave a tract to share about Jesus. Give them a tip. And give them a good tip. Oh, that didn't go over very good. I can tell I'm getting a little resistance. Those of you that aren't tip- tippers, that's fine. Whatever, I'm a tipper, and I'm blessed.